What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Marketing Makeover. Oh, we got some new graphics over there today, too. Look at the team. I am so excited to be here. Uh, I'm joined today by the Director of Content at Lunchbox, uh, Corinne Watson. Welcome to the show, Corinne. Thanks, Garrett. Happy to be here. Love that uh, video intro. Kudos. Yeah, look at that, too. See how they're doing like the little paint stuff on us? I can't wait. I want to see this. Wait, throw it up there, Shaylee. Let me see. I know the team is killing it. I'm excited. This is cool. Well, we're about to spin the wheel. Who do you maybe not want it to be? Like, who do you hope it isn't? Like what industry, let's say. It's, it's so interesting thinking about this being completely blind because it could be a company that I know absolutely nothing about, whether it's nothing about the company or nothing about the industry, or it could be someone that I know a lot about. Uh, and it would, it's going to be entertaining regardless. I think selfishly <laughs> it, it would be fun to have a brand that, that comes, that's an e-com brand. I, I know okay. the e-com space really well. I spent yeah. about a decade in it, uh, or a food tech brand where I kind of live now, but then you rub up against like, okay, am I going to be poking holes into my competitor strategy, which is also interesting. We shall see. So with that being said, as always, I don't know who's on the wheel. I don't even know who the wheel's going to land on. Corinne doesn't have a clue. Let's spin the wheel and let's get after it. Let's see what happens. Let's do it. Okay, I don't know Cedar. I think I've heard of the others. Yeah, I'm Sam Sara. I'm like, okay, okay, Culture Amp. Do you know Culture Amp? I don't know if I know Culture Amp that well. Let me see if I've seen him before. Let me share my screen. Culture Amp right. is a uh, uh, employee review culture tool. Nice. Okay. You collect you collect uh, reviews from your employees on culture engagement. In other words, if you're just getting killed on Glassdoor, you can install Culture Amp, and people who love you but don't just tell everyone about it can actually tell people about it. And I think Culture Amp recently did a rebrand. I've I've purchased I've used Culture Amp for a okay. while, and I remember it looking really like uh, classic SaaS. Up until Not this kind of creative and dope, I think this is pretty sick what they're doing. I was on this website literally two weeks ago because we what? were starting to use Culture Amp at my at my current company. Really? Okay. Very cool. I got to maybe check them out. Um, this is really really cool. All right. So, what do you think about the brand? Just first impression. Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Do you think it fits where they're trying to go? What's your initial kind of like thought here? I'm a I'm a really big fan of this rebrand. Uh, for a number of reasons. One is that it like, it reminds me a little bit of MailChimp, but in an elevated way where they're yep. talking about the number one users of the tech, which are employees. Yep, yep. I kind of like this part. I've never seen someone do this. I actually had, I did a call the last guest, I actually wanted them to focus on the science of their product, which is kind of funny now that we're here because I thought they had such something really, really special there. I wonder what this science part is. So they're doing publications, product research panel, benchmarks. This is the type of content people want. I love this. Have you seen, have you done anything like partnering? Like, let's see, like, well, let's see what their publications and white papers do. I, was, I didn't know if they did like an HBR, like if they did like a Harvard Business Review or like do gender dynamics affect manager effectiveness. Let's see. So this is a lead research people scientist. I wonder 
Okay, so they're actually publishing their methodology. 140,000, 2.5. That's a pretty dope data set, to be honest. This is cool. Have you seen anybody who does content like this before? This is like dream content to me. I know it is, right? Like it's making you, I'm sure, like jealous, right? Like this is the holy grail of content, no? It's data journalism. I mean, the the benefit of CultureAmp is that all of these data points come from their product. So it's like Airbnb studies on housing or vacation rates or like Scott's cheap flights and their reports on travel. Uh, yep. So they don't have to go out to like a survey monkey or any kind of research firm to get this data. They just need to hire. And I make this sound like it's very easy, but these types of pieces are incredibly complex. They just need to hire a few data scientists and research research people scientists, which uh, is like- a No, I, I'm right aligned with you. I mean, anytime, in my opinion, the way I say content is the best content comes when you are the only one who can say it. In other words, no one else could do this study because no one else has culture amps data. And because of that, when you can start to design in your product analytics, how you tag and organize data in your warehousing, that can become your most powerful story that you can tell. Um, and, and is really, really clever. I wish they didn't call it an article though. I think to our, your point earlier, what did you call this? You called this data journalism, I believe. Yeah. I think if they called it a data study or something right like here, that research. I think they, I think they devalue it when they call it an article. You know what I mean? Like, I bet that this, this content lives as like a, a gate, like a gated piece somewhere. Yeah. For lead gen. I would like to look like this. Like watch this. Like culture amp. So if they did it like this. I think it would become across more valuable and they could use it more as an executive sales tool than they, then it comes across if you don't scroll. Cause even right now you're not sure what you, if it's just an article and then you get to here and you're like, Oh yeah, this is what I want. I would even maybe replace this image with a, a screenshot from the data study. Cause I think it will really, it would remind me more of like, so what they're reminding me of is like one of my favorite content in the world, which is McKinsey, right? Like McKinsey's content engine is just, out of this world for that reason right like they bring in this data and these visualizations and, and they start to tell a story on everything they produce so much of it it'll blow your mind i think they could learn from that i think a little bit to maybe level up the appearance of it because very few people can do this yeah we're we're currently brainstorming a little bit of this on the lunchbox side where we have some pretty incredible data around like order frequency, time of orders, like people are ordering burgers late at night and ordering coffee first thing in the morning. That's that's an obvious thing, but what else can we report out on? Uh, so it's really nice to see other uh, SaaS companies doing this. I love that. I also like these toolkits. I think their content is so sexy, right? Like they give you a toolkit instead of like an ebook, if that makes sense. Like I think this kind of stuff is so effective for getting people to give you their information. And, and, and then also you create such a deeper like brand resonance because you genuinely help them with what I call like jobs to be done. Like this is the jobs to be done of their persona. And then they're helping them, which is one of the hardest parts is like organizing your employee experience in like a rubric, like actually outlining and developing that. It's nice to have a starting point. I think it's pretty brilliant. I love this. I hate that image. Yeah, it does stink. 
I'm wondering what CMS they use. Here, I'll tell you right now. Let's check it out. Okay, they got visible. They got segment. They got all my stuff. Interesting. G2. No, CMS. No. Yeah, they're running on HubSpot, it looks like. Their whole it looks like they're running the whole site on HubSpot. That doesn't sound right. I mean, people are using HubSpot CMS more often now, ironically. I haven't I don't see any CMS provider on here though. So the only person I see that could even run their CMS unless it's totally custom is HubSpot according to this. But yeah, interesting. Um, science, science, anything you see here that you missed that you're kind of missing that you wish they had? They have a panel even. I've never seen anyone do the research panels. This is pretty innovative. I'm not going to lie. I've been doing this for almost 50 episodes. I haven't seen anyone do content as well as them. I don't think yet to be completely honest. Yeah, it's, it's also tough to qualify whether or not this is good because it, it looks really nice, but you're like, how is this bringing value to like the broader business? Is this bringing in leads or is it just pure thought leadership? I think there's something to be said though, Corinne, about this type of content and what it does to your average order value and your gross margin because I think it gives you price elasticity. I think if you get enough thought leadership here, you can stop competing solely on price and you might be able to get X amount more per user than your market competitors. Like that's why I like these types of strategies. So it lowers your acquisition cost and it increases your kind of LTV because you can be more flexible on price. If you can essentially position yourself like this, does that make sense? Yeah. But I agree, it does seem disconnected from the product. So let's check out the platform and then see if we can, because if we're talking about employee engagement and you know, how likely are you to, and they give you turnover forecast, oh, that's kind of nice. It's pretty functional product actually, huh? I'm like playing with it. I was, I was just doing a little bit of research around who did their rebrand. I think it happened in early September. Okay. Yeah, I like this, to be honest. I really, really like this. They speak well. Now, I wonder who, to me, they're selling like a VP of People Ops. Do you think that's accurate? Yep. Or for, for us, our director of culture engagement owns this tech. It's like, yeah, People Ops, chief of staff, uh, culture team. Yeah, right. I got a VP of People Ops and she would dig this. I'm going to send this to her after, actually. And then you have performance management. So this is where I'm using like Lattice, right? So this is where I'm doing performance reviews. So yeah, self-reflection manager peer. So employee engagement, performance management. Now employee development. Now they're kind of getting a little out of their bag, I would imagine. Let's see if this is accurate. See, this isn't really, this is to me still. So when I see this part, employee development, I think more of an L&D product. What do you think about that? Please scroll back up, Garrett. Yeah. Yeah, like training, like almost like they're moving into a LinkedIn learning lessonly. That's exactly what I was thinking, like that learning management, that LMS, that learning and development. 
they're kind of playing in that now because this is skill trek. This that looks like see, I think their products. I think they went too hard on their brand. I think the product shots kind of stink, to be honest. This is this is the issue that a lot of people come up with when they're uh, when they're like a product led org. Their product UI changes so often; it's difficult to build a brand base off of it. Uh, so they instead come up with like these these mockups that aren't necessarily an exact replica of how the product looks. For how good they are at content, I think they're equally poor at imagery right now so far in this analysis because I don't – like even this, I don't think I understand. I get it because I'm already a customer in this kind of world, not of them, but of this type of stuff. But like watch, CS360 180 feedback. I'll show you who I think is the best at this. It's called Torch.io, and they pro- they're, they're a coaching company. And so – they give you executive coaches. Now I wonder what they're, if they have any good um, screenshots because they have like a really, really clear, like this, you see this, they give you percentiles based off of where you strong and where your weak spots are and blind spots. See, like if they gave me a shot that was more like this, you see what I'm saying over here, I think this is a very uncompelling if you're actually their ideal customer. I, I think this is a terrible screenshot because you're not actually convincing me that you're good at 360 feedback if I've already used a 360 feedback product. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a little confusing to me too. Because this is 360 feedback. You see what I'm saying? It should look more like this in my mind. And they're, they're probably selling this to someone who's never used it before too. Like, that does this does this mean, should, should this be the... Should it be a product shot or should it be just something a little bit more ambiguous that conveys like the benefit of the 360-180 feedback? Because I, like, I've, I've never really used a tool. We're just onboarding culture amp now, but I've never used a tool that it is like, is this? And if I want to buy this, it's hard for me to understand it based on that picture. And here's the other part, right? Now, look, they're showing you a bit of their methodology and you're going to create a lot of dissonance with, let's say, high-performance cultures because high-performance cultures, like, for example, if you're running a high-performance culture, in other words, like me, I'm an external services business. So much of the culture at the end of the day still has to be driving client results, unfortunately. Like, it can't just be about how you're feeling. You get what I'm saying? And so what happens is that it goes poorly oftentimes when you use these products is they pivot all your one-on-ones to be about emotion instead of about the thing driving the emotion, which is the outcome of the relationships you're managing as a consultant. And so your managers all become therapists and that's what they're actually encouraging right here without necessarily realizing it. And I don't know if they're articulating the power of their tool for what it does for one-on-ones. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you don't want your managers to be your employee therapists. And that's what they're almost articulating because selling so hard into that people ops function. The best people ops leaders though, develop cultures of performance, not just cultures of emotional safety. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's a balance, but I just feel like they're, yeah, it has the tools to help your people reach their potential and they talk all about that. I don't know how, like I would like to see how they maybe tie it into OKRs, OKRs or outcomes. Do you get what I mean? I feel like the, the outcomes here would just be like, in employee performance in general, like holistic employee performance and churn, which are. But they don't ever talk about performance. If you think about it, 
from what I've seen, I guess they have high performers. The way they message it, though, if you look at it, it seems more like even here, right? It's high performing teams, but it's on this kind of like conversation and trusted. It's not necessarily about see a fair and objective growth conversations, easy to manage. I feel like it's less about performance and more about like the the soft side of culture instead of maybe the hard side of culture. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that CultureAmp did this. I thought it was just a tool that you like s- sent surveys out to employees. Yeah, you thought they were just like an employee engagement tool. You just, because you just saw this part of it, right? And you can probably buy it separate. Like Lattice, which I use, you can buy parts of it. So they don't even sell it as a total platform. They sell it as like a product and then you can upgrade to the platform. Yeah, I'm very curious about what their pricing model is like. I like that. Let's try to figure out. So if I learn more... Okay, so this page, what do you think? Don't you agree that these should be above the fold so I don't have to scroll to figure out that all these people use them and that this lovely quote because we have all this wasted space right here? Yeah, this can this can get some CRO magic sprinkled. It could right definitely here. get some CRO magic. I'm like, ooh, I could make them some money right here. Because this is a killer quote. If you got the VP of people at Slack talking about this, Cause she see how, and you see how she communicates and not only productivity, see how she's not saying happiness. She's talking about productivity and retention and notice how their messaging doesn't reflect these outcomes. And that's why I think they're underselling the value of their product. Do you see how she says ROI productivity and retention? And they kind of talk about the fluff side of people ops. Yeah. Cause like, this is really, really cool. See this turnover forecast. But then I don't get to really understand it. And then it seems to disappear. Like, where does it go from here? Oh, there it is. Turnover prediction. But then I, I don't really understand. Like, where they, I think each of these sections needs to learn more area. What do you think? Yeah. And then click to their own, it's own like landing page. Well, yeah, because to me, I, I just think they're underselling. The best people in people ops are using technology to influence outcomes in their own OKRs. Right. Like real people ops leaders are measuring retention rate by employee, internal promotion rate by employee, ramp time by team member, thing like that. And I bet you Coltramp's great at improving those, but I feel like they're like leaning into things that are more like inspiration and this kind of stuff instead of where I think like you could raise your rates at Coltramp if you could prove that you decrease turnover by 25%. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm hmm. But they have that. Look at their scientific approach. They're using sample sizes with N. They're using for they're using forecasting. This is like badass, amazing insights that I feel like they're almost neutering with the way they've organized their brand. That's a hot take. I know. I I think that I I lead with like a lot of empathy, and it it makes me question like what kind of testing they're doing on this website to help with conversion rate, what kind of studies they've done around like their messaging and strategic like framework and how they're marketing yeah. their product. Uh, I can't, I can't help but think that they probably did a little bit of a shift here post pandemic on making this so- like selling more so- like softly. Yes, they are. No, that's exactly what they're doing. I guess my question is, Do they, 
I, I see a conflict, I guess, in my brain. You, I see this part that gets me excited because I feel like I'm buying a superpower to impact the performance of my organization. And then I feel like they the science part gets me all excited about these studies they're doing and how they're thinking about it. And then the platform like tones it down to be like, we make people happy. Yeah. And that's why I'm wondering, like, are they... Like, are they just being everyone else? Because, like, watch what I mean. Like, everyone else does this. Like, let's say Lattice. This is a company I use for this, right? People strategy is business strategy. And you can kind of see how they talk performance goals, grow engagement analytics. This is more selling into executives. And this is more selling into, I feel like, the niceties of HR. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I guess that could be the where they want to stay. Let's look at their pricing to see if that reflects that, though. Oh, I love this page. There's nothing cool. that makes me happier than like a features table. Right. Well, what I like is the uh, this part ideal. I don't I haven't seen a lot of people do this. I think it's pretty cool. But once again, if you start at 25 employees, you're purposely saying no to a bunch of the market. What does this happen? Yeah, I, I think that this is a pretty enterprise product. I've, I've, I've used this with companies that are 200 plus. So, yeah, performance. And then you have here. Now, what do you think about not doing price? I always ask people this because they're like kind of pretending and then none of their, like they all have the same features. Like, what are we even talking about right here? Like, notice how like, the table is all the same. Okay, yeah, I take back my note. Can you go, can you scroll down? And <laughs> I know you're like, I love this. I'm like, I did too until I looked, they were all the same. <laughs> can you click in on cold co coaching if you scroll to the bottom yeah i got you okay there maybe we this go this is where it's a little bit different maybe we start there then like this because yeah. you could probably choose what you open because if you open any of these and they're all the same it's very confusing to know what the difference is other than headcount especially if you have a different price per user do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you have $4, $5, $6, but then you lead with all of these, you're going to frustrate your buyer. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. If I, I look at this page and if I were to pretend like I was a buyer here, which I'm not, I will likely never buy this tech because I will never be a people office person, but it makes me really, it makes me really uh, confused because I would just go with self-starter and be like, if there are any feature limitations that we run into, and then we'll just upsell from there. Upgrade from there, yep. We're doing the same thing at Trello at Lunchbox where we've onboarded Trello and we're like, we're just going to do the freemium version until we run up against feature gaps and need something and then we'll upgrade. I feel like that's a lot of BizOps strategy in buying technology, especially like MarTech is that's- Hedge bad. risk, see if you like it. If people adopt it, you get good feedback, then go all in, right? I mean, it's kind of how we do things, right? The tricky thing with this type of tech is that um, employees get fatigued when you're asking them for feedback over and over and over again. And yep. we do a lot of like PR activity around like uh, surveying and reporting. And there are only so many times you can send a, mass a message to your whole team saying, hey, we want to learn about feedback here. And it needs to be really meaningful. Uh, yep. That's a, that's another tangent, but that that's probably also Garrett why they're going in and saying like, this will make your team happier because I can't imagine the amount of people who will do eye rolls when they see this, when they see this tool onboarded with like, okay, another time for me to get my feedback. 
yeah, and management's going to pretend they listen and nothing's going to change, but sure, I'll fill out your monthly survey, right? And I that's the thing I think they're fighting against. I just find it, because here's why I, did, why I find it so weird, okay? So this is how a buyer thinks. Self-starter is should be the way a buyer would work, especially if you're going through procurement, which you're going to, you're not going to buy something with 200 employees, not going through procurement. So standard enterprise goes through procurement. Do you think that procurement is going to ask for a discount per seat at this size? I would say yes. Correct. Yeah. Yet the feature set is the same. And I bet you, they try to charge you more for standard and for enterprise, but you only realize it's different till you get to like, the 300th checks box. Yeah, that's a weird way to price, to be honest, in my opinion. Like, you don't even get different support. Like, look at this. Yeah. This is, it's pretty lackluster to me. It's, it looks sexy. It feels sexy. And then I, I just don't think they've done any, like, I think they might need to bring on, if I were them, like a pricing or packaging consultant, because I think you might be, I don't know. I don't know if this is a foolproof methodology here. And they, they, don't, they don't. They love it either. They removed it from their menu, even though it'll be one of their most trafficked page pages. Right? If this was in their menu, it'd be their most trafficked page. Oh, easily. But they hide it because I, I think they probably don't love it either. For being completely honest, integrations is huge too, right? If you set this up, like it's got to integrate so that people ops doesn't feel like they got to manually upload to it, right? And since it is an enterprise tool, the, the amount of people who go to the pricing page probably doesn't match the amount of people who are even like submitting RFPs or going through procurement or getting in touch with like an, a, a BDR. Like, I'm sure that Culture Amp has a pretty strong outbound sales team because this is the type of tech that you don't necessarily say, oh, we need something like this. You need to be sold on it. Yeah, you might like get the CEO to like it and then the CEO forwards it to people ops and people ops decides if they want it or not kind of from there is how I can see it working oftentimes. I I think this is a weird integration page. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't I don't like it because where's Zenefits? Where's Slack? I know you you can see Slack here, but to me Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zenefits those are pretty darn big brands when it comes to like eight like HR system like brains. Am I wrong? Like I think even Yahoo HR is kind of like the 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 huge one for for enterprise. What where I see like partnerships and integration pages working really well is when they all link out to specific case studies and more information about these integrations. This just tells me. Oh, yep, yep. No matter what you have, we'll integrate with it, which is so common with enterprise with like enterprise tools like this, where if they don't have the integration, they'll build it or it'll get patched together with a Zapier. Uh, but you want a second time buyer and every first time buyers got screwed by integration. So I feel like like that. You know what I mean? Like when you sell a product, you never want to be someone's first. I don't ever want to be someone's first agency. They don't know how to work with us. They have no context. They don't know how much better we are than everyone else. They don't. Get that. Like, I would argue everybody wants a second time buyer because they're just better customers. Yet, I don't feel like they're educating me for the questions. I would want to click on a workday landing page to learn more about this and the bi directional sync and how it works. You kind of get what I'm saying? Same. No, that's exactly what I was saying is that there needs to be like a link out page for each of those integrations. Uh, and you, you need more integrations. This actually isn't really, frankly, 
any integrations at this day and age. I also scroll down a little bit, yeah. if, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not the buyer of this tech, so I could be completely wrong, but I, I think of like culture and HR systems. And I think of like compliance, this is PII. And yep. uh, is there anything about that on this page? Probably not because it's the integrations page, but. I haven't seen anything yet on it either. I wonder if they have that because I'm on I'm, the again, I might be, I might be very wrong. I think that this, this oh, practice in general is, is funny because I don't know anything about this space, but like, yeah, something around. External security audit data protection. Yeah. Cause you need this. This is good. So I have something here cause you can't go through procurement unless you're ISO certified either. Right. So you kind of need some of these pieces. I'm honestly, Oh, what's chapter events. I want to see this cause this looks dope. Okay. That's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. See their content is literally elite. I think their product marketing is not, I think it's like the fairest way to say it because the branding's amazing. The content is some of the best I've ever seen. The product pages, I think, leave me wondering. Because see how they lead with turnover prediction? Like I told you, this is sexy. Like, I want this. I want this turnover prediction. Like, this would make my life so much easier as a CEO. But then when I get into the platform, I feel like it kind of disappears when I get into it. I can't really learn more about it other than by clicking. Like, I get one blurb. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm wondering how much of that is intentional. Like you got to get, you got to get a demo to learn more. You got to talk to the team. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's also like, what are, who are culture ramps competitors? I don't know of any other, any other tech that. These guys like Lattice would be a big one. Like this would be a big competitor. Like they're number one on G2 for people management platform. It's kind of the same. I think they call themselves employee experience management, but I think it's kind of the same. Oh yeah, where are their third-party review sites, by the way? That's actually a good point. Like, where's their Gartner Magic Quadrant, their Forrester, their G2? If you have 4,000 customers, wouldn't you want to lead with some of your market validation? 100%. Because yeah, I can read the customer stories, but if we're being honest, at this day and age, buyers don't totally trust these as much as they trust what G2 is putting on the Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Let's see where they let's see where they're at. I want to. I'm actually curious on this culture ramp G2 because maybe they're steering away from it. But if they rank well, I mean this this could be a massive opportunity for them. But they're just yeah. Look at this leader. At least at least they have a branded G2 page. Like when we talk about demand gen in general, there are so many companies that just don't take the time to update their G2 page or their Captera page or whatever it is uh, for conversion. Guilty as I completely agree, but they are a top three player in the space and they're just not saying anything about it. Which Isn't is that Lattice right to the right of them? Yeah, that's Lattice I was telling you about. Exactly. I mean, I bought I bought this. I just renewed. So I'm like a buyer of this product. That's why I'm looking at it with like a different eye. And I'm like, I never actually came across Coltramp to be completely honest. And I just like, I've been a customer of Lattice for almost three years. And that's why I'm kind of like, wait a second. And I can't right. get employee turnover prediction out of are you gonna? Are you gonna buy? Is this? Is this? Is this a? I mean, I, I'm gonna consider it. I'm gonna afford it to my VP of people ops. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm being dead serious. Like, I'm gonna consider it. I'm gonna look at it with the VP of people ops. I don't know. I love it. I think it's an amazing brand. I think it's amazing content. I don't know how well they actually drive revenue from their website. I think is 
the part I'm missing, like that copy. Like I, I feel like they have more of a vibe than they have like a compelling get me from reading it to wanting it more than reading it and liking it. I think I like it. I don't – you know what I'm saying? Like they're not whacking me with like why I need Culture Amp other than that turnover thing, which I thought was epic. Yeah, it's – like th that's the type of tech that get is the first thing to go when you make budget cuts. So their website needs to it needs to be a lead gen machine. Uh, I, I want to look at the how Lattice was right. Like Lattice was so outcome oriented, the way they organized their copy and their product, and then these ones were so like internal motivated. Like be a better leader, manage others more, and all that's great. I think we all want that, but I don't know if that's what makes us buy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think. I, I haven't used Lattice. It's funny. Yeah. We have a Lattice user and a CultureAmp user kind of yeah. in the room. But I, I saw a Lattice website and I'm like, okay, this is very tech heavy. This is the software that tech companies use. Whereas CultureAmp is a bit more like ephemeral. Anyone can use it. It can be a PepsiCo, but then it also can be like a Robin Hood. So they, they they probably serve a larger audience than Lattice because it wasn't Lattice like a, a Y com like I think that they're more of a they more you think a SaaS type yeah yeah like more yeah. like that no I get exactly what you're saying well I'm so sorry Lunchbox but Corinne is now the CMO of Coltrane you've got three things to do we're gonna end on this what are the three things you want to do to help Coltrane get to that next level oh that's so hard um I. I want to like do an audit, a conversion rate optimization audit on their website to figure out okay. where the form submits are coming from, what sources they're coming from, heat, put, throw a heat mapping up on there, see where people yep. are clicking and just make small, small changes or put some testing in place. Again, I probably sound very, very naive and they probably already have this in place. They're a very enterprise company, but I would just want to look under the hood there. Um, I... Maybe just speaking very selfishly as like a content leader would want to take that data journalism and just like rev the engine a little bit more to have it be interactive and clickable and have some delight in there. Like they spend between, they probably have a data scientist and a, I don't know, people ops scientist, I don't know the other person's title, okay. but they probably have like a staff of four people working on this con that content. That's a lot. That's a lot of salary. That's a lot of time. Like give it a little bit more fun, especially since they use an agency for this rebrand, they probably have some design resources there, like get oomph it up a little bit and then start marketing it as a piece of data journalism. Where Like distribution, actually tell people about it, promote it like crazy. Put some PR behind it. Yeah. Put some put some original illustrations behind it. You've seen the Lunchbox website. We we care a lot about how things are displayed and we've gotten a yep. huge amount of recognition in our, in our space because of that. Uh, so yeah, I would just want to like rev, rev that up a little bit more. Yep. Those are my two. I can't think of a third, really. I love it. Well, my third and fourth would be pricing page optimization and product marketing. I think we just, we went so hard on brand marketing that we, I think, neutered our product. And I, I would want to figure out how to keep the brand as good as it is because the brand is that good and I like the content. But you're right. The content could be dialed up a bit. It could be like invested in more on, let's say, the production side and less on the like keep that science side of it and the quality of it, but maybe a little sexier, a little more dynamic. I'm on the same page as you. So 
There's good. Like genuinely, that's some of the best marketing I've seen on this show. So shout out. Cole I'm Trump. also looking at like their their fun, their funding history because companies will completely change their their outward like marketing strategy based off of whether they're raising or they're looking to be acquired or they're looking to IPO. Like yeah. you, yeah. if you don't care about that, you're gonna put more you're gonna put more product screenshots. If you really care about getting into the eyes in in, in front of like onto the desks of investors. You're going to spend a lot of money on brand marketing. Like, it's a whole like other that. strategy. A good angle, Corinne. I like that. That's a total little angle that nobody thinks about, which is like, what's the financial objective of the feel you're trying to articulate? And I think that's really clever. So, thanks for being on the show. If someone wants to learn more and follow along your journey, Corinne, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Uh, best way to get in touch with me is on, on Twitter at Corinne Juliet, J U L I E T T E. I'm also on LinkedIn. Heck yeah. All right. Well, I'm on Twitter all the time, so I got to follow you. And uh, thanks for being on the show. This has been amazing. Thanks so much. And that's another episode of SaaS Marketing Makeover. Thanks, thanks Garrett. Thanks for having me.